Welcome back to Unemployed with Anna Roisman. It's a spooky day. No, it is spooky season. I'm so excited for today's episode because it's not a traditional episode. We're not interviewing anyone, but we're interviewing, I guess you could say, multiple people. Uh, We crowdsourced online for your spookiest horror job stories. And I said they could be anything. They could be anything from like an alien invading your office, you know, a ghost who lives in the basement of the building you work in to like, you know, oh, your male co-workers get paid more money than you. <gasps> Spooky stuff. <laughs> so Ellen and I are going to read through some of these stories. We're going to talk about some of our own horror stories. And then we're going to have a couple of call-in stories, which I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. So if you're here for this, if you've heard all the other episodes, you've seen, you've heard the interviews, you know a lot of people go through some shit at work. And I feel like let's embrace it this Halloween season, right? Yeah, I'm excited to hear these stories. I haven't heard any of them yet. And I... You said you didn't have any of your own. Yeah, I've never been haunted, never met a ghost. So, but Every job has has worked out. You've been treated equally and and respected in all of your jobs. I mean, I've had some horror stories, you know, some spooky Mm -hmm. horrific experiences at work, but never involving a ghost. Although... When we worked at HQ, um, our building in, in Soho kind of felt like it had a ghost because it was a very old building. Yeah. And it had like... Old the f- elevator. Yeah, like one of the first passenger elevators in the city. Yeah. And it would open up like randomly. The elevator would just like open <laughs> and close. All the time. So that kind of felt like there was a ghost After there. a while, but... I just got used to it. I was like, it's the trivia gods, you know, yeah. or... Somebody's coming in and out, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to tell you real quick, my I had a job horror story for me because it was one of my first jobs ever, and I didn't know this could happen at a job. Um, hmm. So when I was a freshman in college, I was terrible, terrible, terrible in school. Like, I just didn't go to class, and I got bad grades. Uh, I was good in high school. Like, I got into a good college, and then I, f- I didn't care. And... Uh, <laughs> So I was on academic probation. They literally sent a letter home to my parents and they were like, oh she God, is on academic Anna, you're probation. You're so bad. I'm so bad. I know. <laughs> and so I had to stay for like half the summer and take a class to raise my GPA to stay in school at Boston University. So uh, of course my dad was like, well, get a fucking job. You have to get a job. Like you can't just like stay there and take one acting class and like bop around, you know, getting manicures, which is what I would do. And so so I I went on Craigslist where you would go to find the jobs. And uh, there was a job for a listing for a high-end jean store. Um, Not any jean store, high-end jean store. Fancy jeans. Yeah. In, um, (laughs) it was in Kenmore Square. And I lived like right next to that. So it was very easy. It was like walkable, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I go in for the interview, and it was like this little lady. Her name was Leah Eckelberger. Um, She was like (laughs) clearly like very privileged. Like it it felt like her parents bought her this store to just have. You know what I mean? And like, and it was just Uh her. And so she needed someone in case she like 
couldn't work a day. She needed someone else who could do like part-time work. And I was like, great. And I go in mm-hmm. and I, she was very strange in the interview. She just like spoke really high and she like showed it's men's and women's jeans. And it was, they were like so expensive, like $700, like gold encrusted vagina jeans. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, I wear, exp- I like expensive clothing, but I was like, I wouldn't even wear these jeans. Like they're like out there. And, uh, yeah. I never, so I got the job. And when I would work, it was when she was out. Do you know what I mean? Like she like mm-hmm. needed a day off. So that was my, like she took two days off a week or something. I worked those so days. So you were all alone? All alone in this little store. It was connected to a hotel, but not like you had to go outside to get into the hotel, but it was like in the building of a hotel. So I never sold anything. Naturally, it's the summer. It's, you know, on the campus of a college where kids are not buying fucking $700 jeans. But it was in Kenmore Square, which is right next to Fenway Park. So on she was smart about one thing. I'll give her one thing on days where there was a home game for the Boston Red Sox. People were like always in Kenmore Square because before the game, you know, they're they're like getting in. Mm -hmm. And she had these two mannequins in the window and they were shirtless. (laughs) They're like naked on top Mm. and they had jeans on the bottom and they had these like diamond, like, you know, bedazzled belts that said go socks. So people would come in and they'd be like, I'm going to the game. I need that go socks belt. So I only sold the go socks belt only on days where the the games. Was it a $700 belt? Probably. (laughs) I think it was actually cheap. And I was like, would you like jeans with that belt? And they're like, no, (laughs) God, no. Um, So I, I remember one day. I'm sitting there. I'm listening to like Mama Mia. Like I'm allowed to uh, hairspray, <laughs> wicked, you know, when no one else is in this fucking empty store but me and I'm 18, 19 years old. You better believe I'm playing show tunes. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, enjoying it. And this man comes in and uh, very tall. Uh, I remember exactly what he looked like. He was very tall. He was Asian. He had a blue windbreaker on and jeans and like glasses and like looked very like, you know, normal, like nice, you know, he, he was whatever. I didn't think twice mm-hmm. about it. And he comes in. And I was like, hey, I was like, All right, is there anything I can help you find? I'm a good sales girl, you know, anything I can mm-hmm. help you find. And I was like, the men's jeans are over here. And uh, he says nothing to me. And I'm like, OK. And he. I'm like, I get it, you know, like, Anna, don't be pushy. Well, it was also, he was like, he like smiled or whatever. And I was like, I I get it. You know, when you like go into a store and they're pushy on you and you're like, no, I'm just looking and like, yeah, so that's my, I'm like that guy. Like, I'm like, I don't need your help, but thank you. Right. Yeah. Unless there's something I specifically, I'm like, hey, I'm looking for this one thing. So I go back to the register. I keep my cool. I'm like, let him, let him browse. And he he pulls a couple pairs of jeans and he goes into the dressing room and he's in there forever. Like it feels like hours. It's he's just in there and he, and I don't really hear much going on, but he's in the dressing room. He has jeans in there. And I was like, from the register, I'm like, is there anything like, do you need another size and anything? You know, no answer. I was like, um, you know, can I help you find anything? I, I didn't know what happened. And, uh, and then he, pulls the curtain open of the dressing room, 
his jeans are down to his ankles <gasps> and his underwear, and he has huh? a giant boner, and he's <gasps> stroking his fucking big hard cock in front of my virginal 19-year-old face, and he's looking in the oh mirror, and he's looking at me, and he's looking in the mirror, and he's looking at me, and I am just like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm gonna get, this guy's gonna rape me and murder me, I've seen the Lifetime movies, I, this is the end of my life in this fucking expensive yeah. jeans store, I'm losing my mind. I don't know what to do. And uh, and finally, uh, you know, I, I, I was like, sir, <laughs> I'm going to call the police. And yeah, of course, he pulls his pants up and he runs out. Wow. I know. And I called when? my dad in Philadelphia. And my dad was like, what can I do to help you? I'm in I'm in another state. Like, <laughs> call someone of authority who's near you. Uh, that was like my brain was like, call your dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I feel like he could, you know, rely, you can rely on your dad. Yeah. So Leah came he in. he was like, don't call me. <laughs> he was just like, you know, I was like, this man and his penis. Because um, <laughs> like, I literally had seen like two dicks in my entire life aside from like TV and porn. So wow. this early days. I know. So then El- uh, Ellen, I was going to say Ellen, Leah comes in at the end of the day to like count the register and like, you know, sign me out or whatever. And I tell her, I say, oh my God, like the scariest thing happened. This guy came in, I was alone. Uh, You know, also I had turned, I turned the music off when, if it was something that like, I didn't want people to know I was listening to. So it was silent. (laughs) And I was like, and he exposed himself to me. Like it was really scary. You know, I didn't know what to do. I threatened to call the police and then he left and she goes, hmm, that's so weird. Well, did he buy anything? (laughs) <laughs> wow thanks leah thanks for caring like, are you kidding me i'm alive like you're welcome uh so anyway so two weeks later did you, what yeah d- well did you like file a report or something I, I, there was no one to file with like here's the thing i did go to the hotel and i was like is there a camera like on the door and there was and i talked to some security guard so like i but i didn't i was like I, I described the man to them. That's why I remember what he looks like. And I was like, I don't know if, you know, if you see this man, like, can you just, you know, be He's on the lookout or whatever. I mean, yeah. And they yeah. gave me a card. They gave me a number I could call if I saw him again. So two weeks later, I'm in the empty fucking store and he comes in again. And I had thought about what am I going to say to him if he comes in, right? And I got up and I said, sir, we have no new inventory uh, actually, everything is the same as when you were in the store last time. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, you didn't seem to buy anything last time. I don't know if I can help. And he takes, like, three pairs of jeans and he goes in the dressing room. And I'm like, again? Oh, my God. And he's in there and I'm, like, sweating. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And uh, same thing. Fucking opens the thing. He shows me his giant boner. He has said not a word to me. And at this point, I'm like, this is no. And so I call this like, you know, security guard. And I was like, he's back. The man is back. And then I think he hears me talking to someone. And so he pulls up his pants and he fucking leaves. <laughs> I can't believe he came back. Came back. That's insane. I'm that good of a salesperson. I <laughs> no, and the dressing room smelled. What you were gonna say? Oh, dressing room no. smelled. And I, I like went in there like holding my nose, like spraying like Lysol, he like probably, all over like, the place. Jerked off in there. Yeah, I, I, I imagine so. Yeah. It was awful. So I decided to quit. I literally came in and I was like, I could work somewhere else. This is a fucking summer part time job. So I tell her what happened and I was like, I gotta. I was like, I don't think I should work here. Like, 
I don't want to be harassed. This is the only customer I've seen. No <laughs> one comes in here except for one guy who has a giant who wants to show me his boner all the time. And yeah, I get like, out of there. Yeah, unless there's a baseball game, I've not sold a pair of jeans here. And it's not that I'm not good at it. I'm good at it. It's just your shit's too expensive. So I try to quit, but she's also like, Yeah, you haven't met your sales quota. It's really not working out. And I was just like, fuck you. Did you get and paid like on commission or something? <laughs> I guess I don't know. No, and hourly. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. It was so long ago, and uh, I just remember I was so angry. She tried to fire me when I was quitting. I was like, no, that's not how this works. Like that's I was not harassed. What's happening here? This was like a sexual harassment like lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. And uh, but it was like I don't know. And so I <laughs> I went on Yelp, and I was like. This jean store is way too expensive. The, you know, the jeans suck. Like, they clearly don't have it together. Anna is an amazing salesperson. <laughs> but everything about this place is awful. Wait, oh, and the name. Have you done this for multiple jobs where you write a Yelp review? No. Just this no. one? Just this one that I remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, it doesn't exist anymore. But the name of the store was Gene Therapy, which wow. it sent me to. <laughs> Wow. Gene therapy. Yeah. Great name. If if you ever see that pop up anywhere, you know, and there's a boss named Leah, you let her know. I was fucking traumatized for years. They sound like very tasteful jeans. Bedazzled (laughs) crotch jeans. Fucking awful. Yeah. Um, all right. That was my horror story. It still haunts me. I know I didn't work in retail after that. I worked in restaurants, which let me tell you is a really wholesome industry (laughs) industry. (laughs) <laughs> no it's not I probably have a whole book of horror job stories from restaurants you didn't see any boners at a restaurant though right no no I don't think so <laughs> you had to think about that for a minute <laughs> I, I, I know oh god all right so I want to read some of these submitted we got great stories submitted yeah are you ready for them I'm so ready I'm ready to be spooked you already kind of scared me but I feel like I can be spooked a little Boom. bit more yeah. Okay, this is a good one. This uh, Some of these are anonymous because, you know, still got ties to those fucking horror jobs. Um, this is an anonymous one. I do know this person, though. And they said, I was working at a hedge fund. Okay, brag. I was working <laughs> at a hedge fund that after a few years didn't feel like the right fit. After a late afternoon interview, I went to my cousin's birthday dinner where I complained to the stranger sitting next to me about my current bosses and their incompetence. She then introduced me to her husband, my boss's nephew. I was fired first thing the next morning. Oh my God, that sucks. <gasps> I mean, small world doesn't even, you know, capture that story. That's crazy. Oh, I feel so bad for them. Right? Yeah. Here they are opening up about like, you know, how their job sucks and their bosses suck. And then it's like, boom, the nephew. I guess that kind of, now that puts me on edge. It's like, I won't talk about shit about my jobs. to Yeah. Be careful who you vent, who you vent to. Right. Like that's, that's the moral of that story. I know. I just can't believe, you know what I don't like? I don't like the nephew in this story because they clearly went and called, you know, their uncle. And was like, like this guy who works for you sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they are, you know, I hope karma came back to that kid. That's what I got to say. I hope so too. But he's probably just a rich kid that's like <laughs> thriving right now. Who hasn't thought about it since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least this person said it wasn't a right fit. So like if that was the way out, it was the way out. You know, yeah. I imagine it's hard to quit a job like that. That doesn't feel like the right fit, but you're making a lot of money. So you're like, 
I'll I'll put up with it. Yeah. I don't know. All right, this next one. Ready? This is from my friend Matt. I'll just say that. Uh, he said, I had a call with two with my two bosses about how I was going to get fired in the coming weeks. That's, that's a weird call. Uh, it, I felt like I had to reassure them with how I was going to act because they kept mentioning that they need someone in the office to escort me to the elevator on my last day. So I said, when that day comes, it's not like I'm going to have a bomb and blow up the whole building. Oh, no. <laughs> He said, I thought that was, <laughs> I thought I was being honest and saying the extreme craziest thing anyone would do, but they took it very literally and they said they needed to hang up the phone immediately. Within a half hour, I got a call from HR to discuss my mental health and stress at the workplace. Ha ha ha. I got fired a week later. Oh my God. Yeah. That kind of thing. Like you have to be really careful about it's, it's real, like, especially yeah. in America right now, like people like do crazy shit like do not and, like joke there was about something he stuff. he did he was he was already getting fired <laughs> and then he was like what, what do you think i'm gonna have a bomb Woo. <laughs> i actually like, that kind of reminds me of something that like a coworker that i worked with who was um let go and he also like said something similar to that and it just oh, was God. super creepy and it was like he was really nice and i didn't think he would do anything like uh violent but it Bad, was also yeah. just like wow that's a really weird thing to say yeah. yeah this reminded me because it is protocol you sometimes you have to have someone like escort you out of the building yeah um this is i'm getting into something but at my last job at my last day job uh like my one that laid me off that i started unemployed with mm -hmm. they were getting rid of their cfo and they told everyone else in the office, we are going to be firing our CFO. And uh, so you can be, we need you out of the building. So they all had like a plan to go to like a coffee shop nearby, but they wanted, I sat at the front, I was the receptionist. So they were like, can you please be at work though? Um, don't worry. We have two armed guards who will be in the conference room next to your desk in case something bad happens. They have guns. I was like, what? That's so scary. I know. And and so like there was a whole plan like he was in his office and they were like taking or they took him into another office to do the firing. And like while that was happening, uh, the IT person like took out all of his computers and his hard drives and like everything. And like I saw him, he like wheels it out on a cart and like gets in the like the back elevator and like goes to some like black you know like suv that's waiting to like take out his stuff and so then they like escort him to the to the elevator and nothing crazy happened no one needed any guns or anything but he did punch the elevator door oh wow like, he like punched a wall you know just getting some of that aggression out yeah and i'm sitting there at my desk like pretending i'm like <laughs> i'm like i'm on facebook what's going oh on yeah going through experiencing layoffs and firings are like it's so stressful and scary because you never know how somebody's gonna react yeah. yeah all right here's another anonymous one you ready for this I'm ready if they said please keep me anonymous and buckle up <laughs> buckle up i'm ready i'm buckled I should have known this job was a nightmare when one of the first questions was do you have any underlying medical conditions that would make you miss work hmm 
It was for a front desk position in a doctor's office. The doctor's wife ran the office, and I can't believe what a psycho she turned out to be. Here are some highlights. She made me hang out with her dog and watch him. I'm super allergic to most dogs, and that is why I am team poodle. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> Likewise. Uh, she said she made me go to the post office and drop off her own personal bills, even though there was a drop box out front. I had to go into the actual post office and take pictures to prove it. Wow. <laughs> she made me do her laundry that she would bring into no, the office. That is not okay. That is very, that's, yeah, that's the biggest red flag so far. I mean, what? Yeah. She also is, she's, anyway, okay. And then she said, if patients didn't pay their $10 copay, she would tell me that I could ask the doctor her husband to authorize any refills on the medications they desperately needed until they paid. What? I mean, I guess she means to not give them yeah. their medications until they paid. That's 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 not wow. no, like she's legal, like, right? She sounds really evil, this woman. She's not the doctor either. No. Oh my God. One time I didn't do something she asked and she told me she was going to choke me in the office in front of patients holy okay that's when you're like bye i'm out of here this like turn this was like an you know like a soft core you know a soft horror and now yeah. it's just like a full-on like fucking you know slasher film. this could be the plot of a horror movie it could yeah the doctor's wife i think i just tight i think i just named it Whoa, the doctor's I think, wife i think we're making a movie now <laughs> Here's the last straw. I didn't respond to one of her ridiculous, ridiculous requests on a Friday and shut my phone off. She went through the phone book and found my parents' phone number. My last name is very common, and both of their first names are at the end of the alphabet. She called them at 8 p.m. on a Friday night to tell them I needed to call her. I went in, and I quit the next Monday. She told me I wasn't allowed to quit, and I needed to wait to talk to the doctor, her husband. I left my key and snuck out when she was in the bathroom. I was denied unemployment because I didn't talk to the doctor before I walked out, even though she literally threatened to murder me in front of patients. Happy ending, though. I have had a great corporate job for a giant company for six years now. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you made it through. That is really, that is a real horror story. That, right? Yeah. That and having to hide, having to, like, like, also, I love how, like, she went to the bathroom in the middle of this. I'm like, <laughs> that was part of this. She was like, hold on. You're trying to quit? Hold on. I have to pee. And and then this poor person had to, like, put their key on a table and, like, sneak out while they're in the bathroom. Like, mm -mm. Yeah. I just see that in the film. I see them, like, pressing the elevator button and, like, trying to make sure, like, she's not, like, coming after them. And it wasn't, like, a quick pee, you know? It was, like, a number two. She was probably <laughs> jerking off in the bathroom. Oh, God. I know every job horror story has, has <laughs> someone masturbating in it. Probably. She sounds like she gets off on being an asshole, so she was, She like, should have just hired a personal assistant. Like, that's you don't make... Yeah, you're, that's not... What, the job description of, like, a front desk person is not your personal assistant. That's not... Yeah. Yeah, not okay. But also, like... Personal assistants should not be doing laundry. If you have that much money to hire assistants for things, you can hire someone who will do the cleaning and laundry for your house. Don't make it someone else's fucking business. No. You know, you shouldn't have your fucking assistant touching your underwear and like putting. No, uh -uh. not your personal laundry. I can see if it was like, I don't know, you work for like a spa or something. Right. And, and it's like, like the towels towel. there. Yeah, that's. But, yeah. And you do it there. Like. 
she's saying she's she's getting a bag of laundry to go home and do no that uh. sounds i would love somebody to do that for me but i would never <laughs> i would never force anyone to do that no oh not at all okay this is an interview horror story submitted from someone named logan thank you logan all right. Anyways, a few months ago, I was set to do a second round interview with a business over Zoom. So this is a recent thing because yeah. we didn't do interviews over Zoom. That didn't happen Zoom. before this pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I logged onto the call where they sent me to a breakout room with the interviewer. In the room, there was another person. It turns out they were short on time and they were interviewing someone else at the same time. It was really awkward, but the icing on the cake was when they asked, you know no one else is applying for this position except for Sarah. Why should we hire you over them? They changed this person's name. Hope this terrifies you as much as it terrifies. So, hold on. So this person's in a waiting room with Sarah and then they're like, the interview is like, let me take you out of this room and I'm going to ask, why should we interview you over Sarah? That's like a saw moment. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that seems like a very, it feels like a reality show. like Right? Like dropping two people in a room. Someone could have been watching that Zoom, right? And like seeing how they interact and yeah. like, who do you like better? Like, like may the fittest <laughs> win. <laughs> this is like the X Factor, like audition. Like, yeah. Show me what you got. That's so weird. They said, you know, no one else is applying for the position except that girl you just met for the last half hour because we're too busy to separate these interviews. Whoa, that's crazy. I've never heard of that happening. I know. I haven't either. That's wild. Whew. Um, I just, you know what my question is? Logan, if you're listening, can you let me know who got the job? <laughs> did you take the job if you got it or did Sarah get the job? That's my question. Yeah. But after that happening, that's probably a little bit of a red flag working yeah. for a company that would do something like that right like hey thanks for joining we spy on people over zoom because uh, mm. <laughs> we're too busy <laughs> all right uh we have a guest here who's here to tell us a job horror story live are you ready for this i'm ready ellen meet eliza eliza meet ellen hi nice to meet hey. you um so I'm very excited. I liked your story so much because it was really on, you know, on theme with spooky season. And like, I don't, you know, especially because you worked at Sleep No More. So Eliza worked at Sleep No More. That was when we met. You were working there. Like we met doing comedy together. But I was like, that's so cool that you like that you work at this like immersive theater experience. Oh, yeah. Lots of uh, lots of stories. Lots of memories from that place. Were you a performer (laughs) there? Uh, yes, yes and no. I performed there, but I was never um, on contract uh, to be a performer. So I worked in a lot of different departments, um, bartending, coat check, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Bellhop. Okay, so you sent me a story. First, she sent me one line and I was like, what's the story? Send me the story. <laughs> and then I was like, it was really good. So I really wanted to know if you would tell it to us for our spooky stories episode. So we are we're we're mostly reading a lot, but we have a couple of live, oh, live stories like for you yeah okay should i just go into it go into it get into right. it yeah yeah if we have a question or something you know we'll let you know okay <laughs> so um this is actually my first and only ghost encounter i've never before or after um seen a ghost um and i Did never you believe in ghosts though? no no i i no. was one okay. of those people that like my mom has seen ghosts and i was like okay it it just caught me off guard, and so I was not. Um, I just didn't know really what to expect. Um, okay, 
But, you know, the building is really creepy. It's really old. The show itself is um, spooky. And mm-hmm. can um, you just explain the show per, like sure. for the listeners who don't live in New York yeah. who don't know what Sleep No More was? So words. it's it was an immersive show and meaning the audience kind of wanders through this building and um, interacts with the performers in different rooms. So it's kind of like a haunted house, but with the Broadway ticket price and um, <laughs> um, beautiful dancing and I- intricate sets. Um, and it was amazing. And yeah. uh, But it, it took place in the 1930s, and the storyline was Macbeth, which is a ghost story. And the building had, I'm pretty sure, in the past been used for like a bunch of clubs, and the, the rumor was that people had died there. Um, we did a Ouija board once. That's a different story. But um, <laughs> this particular encounter. So, OK, every day that I worked in the coat check, which is on the lower floor of the building, mm-hmm. um, you had to kind of walk up this staircase and then go down a staircase. And um, to get down into the coat check, there was this maze and the maze was part of the set and it was pitch black and it had this dark fabric and it's put there for a reason um, I know most people, when they go to work, they don't have to go through a maze. I had to go through a maze. And <laughs> I, I got used to it. You kind of had to feel your way through this maze. Okay. And so it kind of became second nature. You just kind of go through the maze every like time in a haunted ha- Like it was like drapes? So you had to kind of like... Yeah, like walls move. and uh, dark black walls with no lighting. Um, okay. So it's like you couldn't even see really, but you kind of just went through the motions because you yes. didn't so much. Exactly, exactly. So I'm used to going through the maze. I go through the maze every day that I arrive at work. This one day, I I go through the maze, and I'm feeling my way through as per usual, and I turn the last corner, and I just kind of go like, oh, I'm sorry. And because there was this tall man standing there, and I saw his head uh, kind of silhouetted against the exit sign, this like red kind of light. Okay. And... I stuck my hand out like this after a moment, and I was like, oh, there's nobody there. And I got but this. But you saw a man, and you were. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw a man. Like, my my reaction was, oh, excuse me, sir. Like, I'm about to bump into you. Right. And there was nobody there. It just took me a couple seconds for my eyes to kind of, like, adjust and realize that this figure had disappeared. And... I got this feeling of like a cold, like nausea, like confusion, I know what you mean. and just like, like a wave. Yeah, a wave kind of came over me, like what? And so I kind of like walk very slowly down into the coat check area, and like the work lights are up. Everybody's just kind of setting up and talking, and they kind of look at me when I walk in. They're like, "Eliza, you look like you just saw a ghost." <laughs> and I, I was like, I, I think I did. <laughs> and then the, the one time whoa. that saying comes in handy. I swear, yeah. you cannot make this up. <laughs> My friend Rob, he just is kind of working and he just kind of very casually goes like, oh, is it the tall man at the end of the maze? No. <gasps> and I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him a couple times. <laughs> that's crazy. But that's also kind of nice that somebody else saw it so that you could be like, oh, I'm not just like losing my mind. Like this is correct. Right. Yeah, correct. Yeah. It, uh, I guess in that sense, it was comforting. <laughs> but um, after that, I, I 
chose not to walk through the maze. I took the elevator. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'd yeah. probably do the same. Was there any like backstory about that? Like, did he just he just was like, oh, he's just a tall man. Was there, you know, like I feel like some places there's like a history of like who this ghost is or anything. Yeah. Well, OK, so Rob didn't Rob is the only other person who'd who. Uh, recognize that specific ghost. Okay. There are a lot of stories about security staying late kind of into the wee hours of the night and just feeling a presence. Um, the rumor was that uh, in the 90s when the building was a club, somebody had fallen down the elevator shaft. <gasps> and so that might have been him. It was definitely not a good vibe. Um, it was... It was, yeah, it was an unsettling vibe, not a happy ghost. Yeah. Um, and I've actually, huh. I've talked to a ghost hunter and I've said, you have to go to sleep no more. You have to check out this place. Every employee who works there has some sort of eerie or ghost story. Um, but that was my personal one. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. We should do a whole episode of all the sleep no more <laughs> employees telling their, their specific ghost. There's got to be like... You know, if you guys all got together and, like, sat around a circle, mm-hmm. you'll connect the dots. And there's, like, the whole family who ran this building. Oh, uh, you know, I'm sure. Who died. I'm sure. <laughs> That's so creepy. And you never saw him again? Nope. But I always had a... I walked real slow through the maze after that. Like, oh, my God. You never I know would avoid that maze. Yeah. And I would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you saw the, the tall man for literally, like, five seconds or something? Mm-hmm. Like, how, it was just, like, a flash? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I turned the corner so many times. Uh, I was, you you know, you can bump into people from time to time going through the maze, other staff members, right. and you kind of go, oh, excuse me, oh, sorry. And that's exactly what it was. I just knew that there was somebody there, and my body kind of reacted before my mind did, and I was just like, oh, excuse me, sir. Nobody there. Yeah. Um, well, you were very polite. That's why he didn't come to haunt you, you know? You were just like, so sorry, I respect your space, and I will, I will wait to... <laughs> Touched my hand through the air. Yeah, yeah. Which so it polite. worked out. Yeah. It worked out. <laughs> that was probably, yeah. That was good. How long after did you work there? Oh, um, after that incident, I, I still kept working there for like five more years. Oh, um, my. Oh, that was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was early. Oh, my God. Yeah. Was Sleep No More going until the pandemic? Yes, it was. Um, a- as of now, I think it's kind of in the same situation as Broadway. Um, just yeah. kind mm-hmm. of waiting and seeing what happens. Yeah, 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 that's scary. Oh, um, yeah. that, I did it once. Did you ever see it, Ellen? No, I haven't done it, but I want to oh. when everything comes back. Yeah, to it was cool. I would have to do it again because the way I did it was probably not the like best way. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you. Like, it was like I booked it for our company holiday party. Oh boy! And so we went to a big feast before we went to this big dinner. And so we were very drunk, you know, like <laughs> money was of no issue to these people. They had bottles and this and that. And so we were drunk and full and like half the people bailed. I had all these tickets. <gasps> I had like 22 tickets to sleep no more. It's so expensive. And like oh all these, some people, some of my bosses were like, I got to get a cab home. Like, I'm so tired. Oh and my I was God. like, I would have called friends. Like, it's an expensive hot yeah. show to get into, you know? Yeah. And we were in like one of the later groups at night or whatever. And it was just like, I was so full and like I was looking for a chair. I was like, is there any place to sit? Like, yeah, yeah. I was enjoying it. And I was like, this is cool. But like, wow, I got to sit down sometime soon. Yeah, it's a bit of a marathon. <laughs> there are beds in there. You can roll up and take a nap. 
Oh, my God. Do you miss it ever? Do I you do. miss working there? Oh, my God. So much. So much. I mean, made best friends there. Met my husband there. Um, yeah. Really, really good memories. Wow. Was he working there still or no? At, uh, at the time of the ghost story, he was not working. Maybe he was working there. It was pretty early on. But, yes, he was working there right until the pandemic. Like, Does he have his own ghost story that you've shared? <laughs> Actually, I should ask him. I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll oh, ask well, Looks him. like I just I just got the dinner conversation <laughs> yes, going. Conversation for starter for tonight. <laughs> He's going to be like, what? You're like, hey, babe, did you ever see a ghost at sleep? Totally <laughs> appropriate right now. It's October. I'm That's sure. What... I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing this with us. This of is course. amazing. I I really wanted a ghost story, and you you brought it. Yeah, yeah. You know, not everyone has ghost stories from work, but I apparently do. <laughs> but you like believe in ghosts now. Like you're like they're real. I I might see one again in my life. Yeah, like, you have accepted that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't want wow. to see one again, but. Um, <laughs> I'm, it I might happen. It. Yeah. it looks like there's a ghost in your frame right now, like up on. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't tell you. I was like, oh, and we'd love to see you. <laughs> uh, I try to avoid uh, Zoom sessions from my closet as much as possible, but you caught, you caught me on a good day. Well, thanks for doing this, <laughs> and I'm so happy that you got to tell this live with us. It was very fun. Oh, thank you for having me. And I miss you. I hope you're well. I want to see I, – I like seeing you. I'm like, oh, friends. I, know. I remember those. I know. We'll catch up soon. I would like that. Yeah. All right, we will when we're not doing this, but <laughs> you're great. Thanks. I'm sending you all the love. Thank, thank you for you. sharing this with us. Yes, thank you. Bye, guys. It was nice to meet you. That was that so was great. cool. I know. I feel like I was there. I saw the ghost. Like, I, I picture sleep no more. It is very confusing. It's like haunted housey. Yeah, it's kind of kind of funny how a sleep no more is like such a creepy theater piece. And it's it also actually haunted. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, okay, we have another live caller, live story, live horror story from my friend Jason. Are you ready for this? Yeah, is he here? Yeah, he's here. This is beautiful. Yay. Here he is. Here he is. Jason. So I'm really glad to have you on. I, you know, there were a couple stories that I was like, this person will just tell it better than me reading it. And I would just wanted to, you know, have you tell your story because yours was a little different. We had a ghost story right before this. So I know. Yeah. So this is this is another type of job horror story because I've had many uh, tough interviews and bosses. And those to me are are horror stories for jobs. So. If you want to give us any context, yeah. or just go go I for can, it. Right, and I just got we're in Halloween. I've lost track. Like it's a horror story. It's in October now. The theme makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, we're on You're theme. It. Yeah. Oh, we're on theme. <laughs> yeah, I mean this. So I was uh, doing a co- another contract copywriting job. Uh, this was I was working for like a former boss of mine. So someone that I had known, like we'd worked together for like three or four years, uh, and after being like unemployed for over a year like not having any steady work he was like hey come work for me come write stuff at my company um and I okay was like, i was like great because it's about to hit my savings and then i have to leave um this was just like so glad to have work um and yeah i uh we did like a an interview of sorts but it wasn't any like i'm using air quotes here because it just was like he asked more questions about my personal life and my dating life than the actual things i had done previous to this job 
Even though, so you knew this person, you weren't like friends. He was like a former boss. A former boss. And I would say he's like a very friendly person, but like it was at a very like intense, like three to four year advertising job where like he wasn't my direct boss, but I worked with him on a lot of projects and he was like one of the main people there. And so I didn't expect a real interview, um, but he also had no idea what I was doing before. (laughs) Um, I was like, sure, great. I'll take this work. It's copywriting. It's all words. I can do this. What kind of personal questions was he asking in the interview? He asked like, how if I was like dating anyone was just what I remember specifically I mean being like no I'm not dating anyone red flag yeah (laughs) kind of a personal question yeah and I think if it was among the many questions of like what did you do with your last job what are your goals but it was really just like him talking about his life him not asking about what I was qualified to do now and then asking if I was dating anyone okay Uh (laughs) which is you know, if the story had a happier ending, then it would. I'd be like, you know what? That's just water under the bridge. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it was also like I'd gone from a very traditional advertising job to uh, BuzzFeed, which was just like, make up a quiz, write a thing. Everybody, right. You know, we don't know the internet, but we're doing, we're making money. And so like, it just, the atmosphere is very different than like writing a, a serious ad for a massive brand. And like, yeah. Way, but so, yeah. I work there. It's pretty fine. It's pretty normal. Um, about a week or two goes by. Uh, they keep changing when my con- my end date is. So I'm not really sure if I'm there for a month or if I'm there for six months. Like it's a, it's a bit odd. Um, they like changed it a That's lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And the company was also like filing for bankruptcy. <laughs> not to give away too many details about this wow. place, but they had like never any good financial news. The company still exists, but it was just like no good financial news. It was all just a bit messy. Sounds chaotic. Yeah. yeah. But you were in a place where you're like, I need work. Yeah. Even, Whatever. Even working for that place for just a couple of weeks was just like, we're stopping the bleeding. Um, and I'm able to like put some money back into savings. And I was like, it was great. It was, I was yeah. just glad to be there. And the work was fun. Like I enjoyed the writing that I was mm-hmm. doing. And it was just better than just like trying to make money on Fiverr, which was a nightmare and just the most stressful experience I've ever of just like any of those weird freelance stuff. But anyway, like at an office, uh, they then had a very like a team meeting, like let's all get together and like talk about the status of our company and our groups. Um, and also like introduce the new people that are working here. And I don't, like I was still a contractor, like you're not paying my health insurance and I don't know how long I will be working here, but it still came to like my turn to just like answer the icebreaker question. Mm-hmm. And the icebreaker- I hate that. Can I just say, <laughs> if you're not paying me health insurance, I'm not answering your icebreaker questions. Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah. you don't get to know about my life outside of work because you're not helping my life outside of work right. you're not paying for it you don't care about my future no 401k no nothing i'm an hourly employee <laughs> um but you know you got to do the song and dance um mm-hmm. and so the question was what is a secret that your family does not know about you what? and was this just your question or this was for, a, for everyone like, for like th- like one other person had to answer it and then I think I was the second person to have to ask. And so that's it, so invasive. <laughs> I want to meet the person who thought that question was a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Uh, it's just very, it's very awkward. I'm surrounded by like 30 or 40 people oh that I God. don't know me at all. I don't work there, like I said, but I must right. answer this personal question. Um, and it just sent me into like a panic because I'm not a good liar, terrible liar. And so I'm like, well, I got to tell the truth about this, but how do I like not reveal something. I feel like uh, for a question like that, if that's going to be the question, they should have fucking emailed you like six hours before and been like, hey, we're going to ask you this publicly in front of the whole company, like before they just throw it at you and you're like, 
how do I respond to this? Yeah, like it's just, I mean, like BuzzFeed, theirs was like, are you a cat person or a dog person? Like, great, that's <laughs> the course. level we should be doing here with these right. things. Are already Tell us your favorite people. 90s candy. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, Sour Patch Kids are the straw, sour straws. Great, move on. Like, you're not going to learn anything fancy about me. But it was such just like a strange immediate question to get that I just was like, oh, I hate this. Um, yeah. And I think all of us are in therapy, <laughs> if you can be. Um, maybe, was I still at the time? I think it was like, that was my one thing I was treating myself to while between jobs. Like, I still have to pay for therapy or I will lose my mind. Right. Um, and so we're all dealing with things that maybe our parents don't know about us, so they don't need to know about us in the moment. And so those were like spinning through my head. And so I then just like <laughs> blurted out something about like, oh, I was on Fire Island and my parents won't know all of the details that happened on Fire Island. Wink, wink. And then you just get the, that's, that sort of tells That's good. Like, that's very general. That was good. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You so know. it's like, it also, it's like, hi, I'm gay. Don't be an asshole about that. Now we're on the same page about that. <laughs> and then also like, I can reveal a secret without revealing a secret. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing just like rattled me. And then they were like, hey, Jason, we have your parents behind this curtain. Yeah. <laughs> what did happen on Fire uh, Island? <laughs> do you mean it's not just like rosé by the pool <laughs> for seven days? Um, uh, yeah, it was, I just, it was very stressful. Um, but, you know, you get through it and you, that's sort of all you literally have to say in that meeting and then you move on. Um, but because this was a boss that I had like worked with and like, I feel like I got this job because of like a personal connection. Yeah. Um, it was either that evening or the next morning. I was like, Hey, we'd love to chat real quick. Um, and then I sort of said like, Hey, that intro question was very like on made me very uncomfortable. I feel like because we've worked together and I've like, I've been a manager before and I've managed people before um, that I think I could talk to you about this. Uh, and in the, even the position he said he wanted to like, um, set me up to maybe be his like number two. So I was like, cool, if we're working together, I should tell you this, that question made me super uncomfortable. Um, and you don't know how it makes other people feel and maybe ask literally anything else. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you for standing up to the boss and saying that. Like, that's, I'm, I'm proud of you for doing that because you, mm -hmm. you probably helped a lot of people. <laughs> I hope so. Um, he sort of then was like, I think he then was like, what, he then wanted to know like what secrets I had that I haven't been telling my family. He immediately was like, why is that question problematic? Is there something you're going through? Do you want to talk to me about anything? What? Oh my he God. He dug deeper into a question that you were like, I don't like this question. I, that's insane. Yeah. So he wanted what more information about me. Yeah. Um, and then, so the day ended, uh, the next morning he calls me to his office and he's like, I was up all night stressing about what you said to me. <sighs> And I just, and I just like want to know, are you okay? And like, uh, I'm also like, that's just how we've always done things here. We've just always asked that question. We're just sort of the type of place that like, you know, gets to know you. We're like a family here. Mm, and we're so... not like other jobs. We're the cool job. Okay. I also <laughs> yeah. have to say, I hate any job that says we're like a family. Cause it's like, no, no, I have not... a family. Every, you're yeah. paying me like, i don't yeah. need another family you, you don't need to be my family yeah my family paid for, i was on my family's intern until 25 you're not paying yeah. for it. right it all comes back at least to that um yeah and so he just uh that moment sort of happened and he um it was like well i just like feel very strongly that was just like a bad question you don't know what people are going through in their life and their family their relationship with their family um uh what their family does or doesn't know like and I even said, like, you know, I when I came out to my family, not that I, you know, I they were sort of later down the line of people in my life, and so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just the the barriers you put over the people is just I don't know, how, it's a, yeah, just try to like 
gobbledygook my way to that conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could be like estranged from your family. Or your parents yeah. could have passed away. Or yeah, you don't know, you know. what shit's going on. It's a weird away. thing. Yeah, like I don't speak to my brother. He doesn't like gay people. So like, haven't joke, spoken to him in tits. It's ha- happy National Coming Out Day, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be when this airs, but yes, happy National Coming, Coming Out Day. Yes, whenever this is airing. But yeah, um, so like you don't. And so I just wanted to be like, hey. I almost wish you said that. <laughs> I wish you were like. Well, here's something for you. Yeah. I don't talk to my like okay. just to have them all be like, oh god, maybe yeah. we shouldn't have asked that question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because those things were like rolling through my mind in that meeting, just to be like, fuck all of you. This job I don't know. Um, yeah, but I made a joke because that's how we deflect. Uh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, the conversation sort of ended with that boss. I went on my way. Um, about like a couple days later, I got called into someone's office who I'd never met. Supposedly, like if he was the creative person, she was the business person. Right. Um, she brought me in. I'd never met her, and then she said my contract would be ending uh, at the end of next week. <gasps> That's so sudden. Also, why didn't he say that to you? Why wasn't he the one to communicate that to you? Because he was a fucking coward. Because <laughs> he was like t- not sleeping over the thoughts of what could be going on in your personal life possibly and it like these two things may or may not be connected they are just two events that happened near each other <laughs> suspicious yeah did uh, you say anything to him after you, you were like i I, honest, I honestly didn't nancy drew these clues together because i was just like well um i you know we had this conversation and then i had some work and things were good and then a couple days later uh i lost the gig oh well because it was so flexible it was just like my dates were changing the company was um, filing for various forms of bankruptcy. Uh, and so, you know, there is a world where they aren't connected or maybe it was that because I told him this, that I lost that, that lost that gig. Um, Ugh, and so, I hate that. yeah, it just made me sad because I liked the work I was doing. I was having fun at the company. It was a good place. Um, he was, he probably thought you were going to rat him out. You were going to say like, Hey, you could go online. You could fucking tweet. Like, I work for this company, and they asked me a very, like, uncomfortable question, and I feel like people should know. <laughs> He's probably scared of you. Yeah, and I guess I could. I don't – yeah, and that's that's sort of a thing I grapple with. Like, should I just be like, fuck you? Uh, he then later unfollowed me on Twitter, so I guess what do I have to lose? <laughs> uh, but all of my I tweets are – I feel like he liked you. Yeah, it sounded like he was like trying to see if like, you were single so he could like ask you out during that interview. He is he is someone who is married, um, but it's also someone who like I think in the interview or at some point in a meeting, he was he sort of bragged about how like I'm the type of person that people think I'm gay, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, cool brag. So yeah. are you saying he's like I'm just like chill and cool like that? Figure it out, or? right? He's like it's weird. Everyone's attracted to me. You want to see me naked? Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. I want you to pay me and give me good work yeah. <laughs> and respect me. <gasps> Ugh. I hate bosses. I hate people. Yeah. Um. So that sucked. Um. Yeah. Because then I was like unemployed and then not able to find work again for another like four or five months and so um that was just another moment of just like because i am a nightmare when i don't have job so yeah uh but now i'm at a place that's much better and so (laughs) i have that part of my life is not stressful but that's good because the rest of the world is you know crumbling by the moment so i'm glad you have work so you can be okay (laughs) yeah being unemployed during a pandemic is a whole other type of being unemployed I could not imagine. Um, yeah. Cause it feels like everything. Try doing it with someone. 
<laughs> you have each other to to cry, cry on and eat chips with, yeah, and yell at each other. To throw oh. resumes into the void. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Well, uh, that gave me so, uh, that made me think of all these bosses I like hated who, and I didn't know at the time like what was inappropriate. You know what I mean? Like because I was young and I was happy to have a job, and I was just like impressionable. I yeah. guess. Um, yeah, because I was also I was probably coming in hot because like I've been a manager, I know how to work with people. This is yeah. I was, and I think I was an okay boss. <laughs> I'm sure I could have been better, but I was. I, I think I was at least humane um, in the ways that I work with people. But I just, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for to, to bring this up on your Sunday afternoon. No. You know this memory, but I appreciate you sharing it with us because you know what? He could be a listener of this podcast, <laughs> and he could be like, "Wow, I really fucked that up, didn't I?" Yeah. Um, yeah, it. Uh, I hope he hears this and then feels bad. I do too. <laughs> and then I do honestly, too. follows me back on Twitter. I feel like that was the thing that most I was most just like, come on. That part is like suspicious. Like that makes me feel like he did have some beef with you, and that's why. Right, or he liked you and was like, you know, when you like like someone and you're like, it's more healthy for me to just cut all communication or like ties off. <laughs> It could be beef and romance. You know what? There are probably many people who hate me and also want to have sex with me. Yeah, so that's that... totally possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who I would probably, I feel that way. About. <laughs> you know, like yeah. celebrities. I'm like, I hate that person, but like I'd have sex with them. Yeah. Sure. Just, just to say we did it. <laughs> a good story. Yeah. Oh my God. Jason, thanks for sharing this with us. It's so good to see it's you. Good to see you all too. So good to see you. Thank you for having me. Uh-huh. Oh, this is great. This is this has been fun. We have an array of stories, but this was a good boss one. Horrible bosses for they're out there. Yeah, and good luck to all the contractors out there. Good lord, I feel for you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I'm one. We're some of them. Hey. hey. It's you know I really it's like a it's like a relationship where you're like starting out a new relationship and you're just like is this just gonna end you know uh, when I don't expect it or is it like can we can we like solidify something here like it's always nice when you're like at least I know my five month contract I know something you know yeah <sighs> God okay right, right. well if this is, I hope yeah. you're not too stressed no it's all right I'm just stressed enough to do some work so. <laughs> Great. Well, you're a dream boat. Thank you for doing this. Bye. Y'all take Thanks, care. Have a good one. Happy Halloween. Bye. 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 That was great. Wonderful. They both really put me in the shoes of them at these jobs. Right? I like how we're getting like actual ghost stories and then just like horrific job stories. Yeah. It's a good mix. Yeah. Um, all right. I have a couple more submitted ones. Do you want to hear them? Yeah. Let's hear a few of them. Okay, Um, here we go. This is from Christine. Once when I worked at Starbucks, I was hit by a customer. Oh, God. What? (laughs) Coming in hot. Uh, I thought it was hit on when I initially read it. It was hit. She was demanding her food during a morning rush. She stormed behind the counter. And since I was her cashier, she hit me on the back demanding her croissant. What wow. a fucking crazy person. For a none shitty of em- Starbucks croissant. <laughs> yeah, you could go somewhere else, you know. None of the other none of the employers I guess employees. None of the employees saw her sneak back behind the registers. She was so fast until they saw me turn bright red and heard me yell, "She just hit me." I quit working there 5 years ago and I don't miss it at all. Hell yeah, that would make me quit. That's a nightmare. She got hit oh in my the God. face or did they There's specify probably- where she was hit? 
No. There's probably a fucking blog out there of like monsters at Starbucks and like employees of Starbucks have like recorded down, you know, mm-hmm. I hope there is at least, who's been uh, the worst. Yeah. Uh, people get really angry when they're hungry or need caffeine. <laughs> I just get angry at Starbucks when they don't give me the right milk, you know, and it's yeah. it's a very if you haven't had dairy in 14 years and, you know, they forget an almond milk. Oh, it's God. a really it's a really shocking gulp, you know, and yeah. I don't get ang- I don't I would never be violent, but I'll just be like, ah, I need another <laughs> send it mm, back. Well, that's that's reasonable. You know, yeah. You paid for what you paid for, you know. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the man at Starbucks in L.A. who was in front of me and he ordered a 12-shot Frappuccino? <laughs> what? No. And the girl was like, how many? Like at the register. And he's like, 12. Yeah, make it fucking nasty. Give me that drizzle. He's like, I want caramel. I want chocolate drizzle. I want it. I want the whipped cream to come out the fucking top. He's like, and 12 shots, yo. He's like, and then he he orders it, and he's standing there staring at them making it. And he's like, more, more, more. Give me more of that caramel on the sides of the cup. Yeah, more. And I was just, it was like a forty dollar drink. Like it was a maniac. (laughs) I was like, what happened to this man? And it was in L.A., which was even more impressive, you know, because people there, like, you know, skinny, flat white, yeah, black coffee. And he was just straight up like, load it. And then he, I saw him get his frappuccino and he sucks off, you know, when the whipped cream comes out the top Mm -hmm. and he like sucks that part off. And then he's like, yo, could you fill it a little more? Oh my God. (laughs) Out of control. This man. Somebody come get this man. No. I bet the employees like remember, if I remember him, I was behind him in line. They must remember like 12 shot Mario, like whatever the fuck is. What do you think he did after that? He was probably so Um, jacked up. He probably ran a mile. I don't know. He, there was something off, but I was just like, Jesus, is, maybe that was his coffee intake for the year. Who, who the fuck knows? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Here's a story from my friend, Alex, who I actually work with. Um, and he's very into scary stories. This is from Alex, who is a friend of mine. Being the Halloween obsessed guy that I am, my very first job was naturally at the Halloween store. I was 16 at the time. I had just gotten my driver's license. I had a car. I was making money for the first time. As Leo would say, I was king of the world. We love a Titanic <laughs> reference. Thank you. We love, love, love. Back in the day, the Halloween store would have someone stand outside the store on the street corner, dress up in a costume, and wave the open sign. We had a full-bodied gorilla costume that the sign waiver uh, would usually wear. And yes, we all shared and sweated in the same costume. Gross. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, that's gross. Especially, like, because now we're so, like, you know, our brains are are trained to think like COVID. It's like, oh, man, that Uh fucking sweaty gorilla costume. That would not fly in 2020. Oh, God. Uh, So he's a being the eager, new-to-the-workforce teen that I was. I always got assigned to be the sign waiver. I remember one day I got a random bloody nose while in costume and waving the sign. Long story short, it was so bad that they had to throw out the costume and I had to get my nose cauterized. Oh, that's a bad nosebleed. How does I that know, even happen? All over the sweaty gorilla. He said, I also had two of my female coworkers who were cigarette smoking toothpaste optional kind of gals. <laughs> Do you know what a toothpaste-optional kind of gals? Two of my female coworkers approached me, a sexually confused virginal 16-year-old, to have a threesome with them. I made up an excuse as to why I couldn't, but it was a mess to say the least. That's a brief rundown of my first job working at the Halloween store. (laughs) 
<laughs> I kind of want to hear him tell this, to be on. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm pretty interested. I've always wanted, I've always been curious about the people who work at Halloween stores because they're like pop-ups, right? Like they, yeah. I love the memes about Spirit Halloween store, like moving into a ba- like any store that's closed. <laughs> like, because right? they're it's only like- there for like a month. <laughs> It's so true. Seasonal work. <gasps> Unless you're that one store on 4th Avenue in New York City. those That's open year-round. The, I the love Halloween that story, store. yeah. Yeah, it's a good store. I used to live on that block. Abracadabra? I'd, no, the other one on 4th Ave between like 11th and 12th. It's oh, like, yeah, that one too. I forget the name that's of it. That's the great thing about New York. Halloween. That's one of the things that I freaking love about New York is there's Halloween stores that are open year-round. Year round. Yeah. It's you beautiful. need a bloody hand? Abracadabra. Anytime yeah. you need. Yeah, <laughs> always. Oh, man. Um, all right. So I have one more story. This one is submitted from Michael. So I worked at a movie theater for quite a few years. One day, a teen girl was scooping popcorn while the popper was popping. Generally a no-no, but she was young and we were in a rush. Ooh, that's scary. And a hot a, and had a red hot popcorn kernel fly into her eye. <gasps> Uh, I immediately told her to go to the bathroom and wash her eye out with cold water. Then, as a good little employee, I called my manager on the intercompany phone to tell them I had been a manager before and know there's paperwork to fill out for incidents like this. Very smart. She said, she says to tell the other employees to wash the other employee to wash her eye out with cold water. I said, I already did that. She said, okay. And then we went about our business. The girl soon after comes out of the bathroom and seems okay if a little winded. After the rush, the manager comes out, no incident form in hand as I expected, and instead blatantly insults the injured girl and says, that was pretty stupid. I was aghast, but I rushed to her defense. What was she supposed to do? Duck? Her reply was, "I, I don't know. I've worked here for five years and never had popcorn fly into my eyes. Okay, bitch. One of the proudest moments in my life was coming up with this retort on the spot. I said, yeah, well, I've never won the lottery, but I know it's happened to some people. Boom! Very, very witty retort. Love it. Yes. Okay. Needless to say, no incident report was filed. Thankfully, the girl was okay, but imagine if it had been worse. The job was part-time, no benefits. Who knows what the girl could have done if her eye was permanently damaged. That's so true. I honestly that- thought it was going to go that, and the story was going to go in that direction. It would be like, her eye fucking like fell out or something. Yeah. Because it was Michael, burned. Michael was a good coworker though, right? Michael fucking knew the protocol from the start very good 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 guy good guy yeah oh my god i do picture like you're gonna see someone with like a little eye injury and be like "Ooh, that that remind that could have been her for the rest Mm -hmm. of her fucking life Mm -hmm. oh god blinded by popcorn yeah that's scary um there's a lot of i feel like a lot of people have movie theater job stories that are scary because it's such a big space you know Mm -hmm. also movie theaters are you know Frequently haunted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Those are our job horror stories. I, I liked these. Yeah. These were really good. We're getting closer to Halloween. This is getting me in the mood. So I appreciate everyone who shared their story. Me Thank too. You. And if you have other stories, I mean, you know, it's a month long. Maybe we'll share another one. I'd love for you to submit a job horror story. You can send it to us via email. That's where most of these came in. It's theunemployedteam at gmail.com. I'll put it in the episode so you can just like click on it there. Um, and that's it. That's the episode. We've never done a special like this. This was fun. So this was fun. A, I loved it. Uh, uh, you know, we'll have to do other, other job-related story time, uh, I guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we'll be back next week with an interview. Uh, so if that's your thing, don't worry, honey. We got more people coming on to tell their their unemployment stories. Um, and otherwise, please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, hire us for jobs, send us some feedback. We appreciate it. We love it. And also check out the Patreon. You know, we we do this every week. Would love to have a little bit more uh, people support us in in terms of the Patreon. We're putting the videos up on the Patreon. You can see how gorgeous we look today. Mm-hmm. Ellen got her hair cut. I just got a haircut. It feels Looks good. Great. Looks yeah. good. All right. That's it. Thanks and bye. Bye. What's up, everyone? It's Anna, and I am here with a little post-game episode. No, I'm just kidding. I'm here to tell you about our Patreon. We have an amazing Patreon. We're posting videos of all of our episodes every week, and everyone who donates to the Patreon is allowed to see those, and we would love for you to join in. But right now, I got to give a shout-out to our patrons who are donating money to us, who we appreciate and we love. Shout-out to Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, Chris Arneson, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, Vic T. Harry and Jonathan Ediger. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast and me and Ellen and everyone else who out there who's unemployed. We really appreciate it. And if you want to join, you can just go to patreon.com slash unemployed podcast. And like you can just donate $5 a month or something really small, you know, anything, anything helps. And we love it. And we are here for you. And we will keep putting these out until until we're all so successful that we have absolutely no time to make a podcast. Just kidding. But check out the Patreon. Thanks. Love you. Bye.